Hey there, thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Good morning. How are we going? That was less tears than I expected, Ruth. Thank you. Well, thank you all for the birthday wishes. I am 40 now, so that's done, dusted, move on. Wayne keeps saying, though, 40 is the new 60, so I'm not sure exactly what that means. I'm still processing that. Um, yeah, it's good. Hey, how's the weather today? If you're at home, you're probably snuggled up on your couch with a rug and having a coffee. It's great to have you with us today. Uh, if you're in the room, great to have you here too. I'm excited this morning to start our new series called Consider This. And we're going to take four weeks and just talk on a whole range of topics and things that are going on in our world right now. And uh, as we've talked about throughout the start of this year and across last year as well, the world's going through a whole bunch of ups and downs. Uh, Melbourne is in a relatively good place now, post, I guess you could say post-COVID. But we don't want to forget what we've been through and and things that are important to us uh, as a people and as, as our world as well. So um, over the next couple of weeks, as Ruth said, we've got Pat and Sean Fitzgerald. Um, we'd, Sarah and I did an interview with them and we'll be showing that next week. They're going to talk about it's bigger than us and just sharing around things that are going on in Ireland, sharing around um, what's happening for them in the world. Ruth's going to talk about life and all that goes with it. Uh, family, uh, mental health, our physical health, a whole bunch of those things um, she'll be sharing on that. And then Wayne is is going to come and he's going to talk about it's gone viral and uh, he's going to talk about the vaccine, he's going to talk about what does the, the future look like, maybe some end time stuff, I don't know. It's going to be a great series and we're really looking forward to that. But today I'm looking forward to talking to us about is content king? Interesting concept and you may have heard this thrown around before, is the whole thought of is content, all the things that we have access to, is, is that king? I remember 2001, um, we were watching, you might remember Steve Jobs, uh, the CEO and the founder of Apple, would stand up on a stage regularly and he would do announcements of all the new things that Apple were bringing out. In 2001, they announced that this thing called iTunes was coming to the world. Uh, It would be a platform where you could jump online or you could jump on your computer and it was this whole revolutionary thing of putting a CD in your computer, you could rip your songs off it and put them onto your iPod or onto your computer and you could have thousands of songs at a click of a button. It was this incredible thing and now it seems crazy that we would even think that that wasn't a thing. A couple of years later, they then released the, the Apple Music Store and you could go online and buy whatever song that you liked. No longer did you have to take your $30 and go to the to JB Hi-Fi or, you know, the music store that you would buy music from and uh, you, you, you would be able to just click on a button and get whatever content you wanted. I think they said in the first week more than one million songs were downloaded in 2003 and now there's over 60 million songs with billions of downloads every year just from Apple Music. Uh, 
around that whole time, this phrase, content is king, was, was coined, and you might have heard that before. But look at now our life, the amount of stuff we can get access to. There's Netflix, there's Disney+, Plus, there's Facebook, Instagram, all, all the different things, and we're just bombarded with information, information, information. Uh, even in our Christian walk, uh, in the church, there's more podcasts than you could ever know what to do with. Uh, there, there's more books that you could read than ever before, and there's this bombardment of content. And, and the question I want us to raise today, is content king? And, and we're going to unpack that a little bit. It's been massive, this whole development over the last 10 to 15 years of the, us having access to huge amounts of content. In the past, it was generally built around the books that you might read or a conversation that you might have with someone and not so much our individual access. To borrow a book, you might have to go to the library. You know that thing, where that building where they have books on a shelf and, and all that sort of thing? But it's interesting, whether we like it or not, and we can make decisions, but this bombardment of content can be good, bad or ugly. It can be, if we feed the right stuff into us, it's great. But there's a whole bunch of things that aren't necessarily so good that come along with it. You know, we can live in a world where we access news. We can see what's going on on the other side of the world instantly. You know, in the past, with something happened on the other side of the world, it might take a day or two or um, a couple of hours for us to even hear about it here. Now often you're seeing videos in real time of events that are happening on the other side of the world. And our brains weren't designed to process this amount of information all in one go and all these different sources. And uh, it's, it's interesting as we, we journey that. You know, the things that we read, the way we're brought up, the, the content that we put into ourselves shape our worldview. Now, I don't know, I think most people would understand that we have a worldview. It's, it's how we look at life. It's how we've been brought up. It's the, the way we um, see values. It's the way that we believe the world works, the things that are important to us. Our worldview is shaped. It's just not by default. The, the family that you're brought up in has an impact on that. that. Whether you're a Christian or not has an impact. The country that you're in, the culture that you grow up in, but also the amount of information begins to shape your worldview, how you view things that are happening in, in and throughout our world. You know, most of us have a Christian worldview. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean we believe everything that we hear, but we've been brought up in a country to understand what's right, right and wrong. It's built on Christian worldview. Uh, we, we understand that what's good and bad and evil and and those sorts of things, we, we have a concept of that. But I want us to ask today, what's shaping our worldview? Because we might have a fundamental understanding of, well, the, these are the things, this is what I believe. But over a period of time, the things that we put in, the things that we feed into us, the things that we look at online, shape and change that. And I don't know about you, but I think over the last 12 months, there's been more um, shifting and shaking of worldview and positions than ever before. Varying opinions, people stronger on their opinion on certain matters more than ever before. So what's shaping your worldview? What's shaping your thinking? 
What things are you putting into your life? Is it the media, whatever that is? You know, is it social media? Is it friends? Is it family? Is it God's word? Is it the education that we go through? You know, the education that you came up, come up through shape your worldview. I was talking to someone recently and they, they're studying psychology and they, they were just sharing a bit about the challenge that it is understanding some ethics and things that they're being taught, which is actually contrary to some of their Christian worldview and beliefs and the, the, the challenge with that. You know, Romans 12, 2 says this, and it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. The let God is the the point that's important. We've got to allow God to come and shape us and for God's content to come into us and for that to be the filter in which we're processing things in our life. I'm sure every one of us knows someone that in the last 12 months has been in a place of fear and anxiety. I think for all of us, even people that maybe on, on a scale of 1 to 10, if you were doing really well with life and you're a 9 or a 10 and mental health was great, like you're in a good spot. Last year might have pushed people down to a 6 or a 7 and, and it rattled everyone. But there's still people and, and maybe you're here today, maybe you're online and you're struggling in the whole area of, of anxiety or challenge or, or worry You know, that can actually be really bad for us. But it's easy to say that, hey, and just go, oh, that's not important. But for people journeying challenges in their life, journeying anxiety, journeying worry, that's real. And for us to just blow that off and say that doesn't matter actually doesn't do them any good. Maybe you're in a place today. I pray today that through what I'm sharing, what God's depositing into your heart will actually cause something to change through God speaking into your life. Let God transform you into a new person. You know, there's things that we feed into our life, but also we want God to come and do something. There's still people worrying about things. There's people worried about what does the future hold? Oh, what's going to happen next week? We're doing this as a country. What's going to happen next year? Is this the end of the world? Well, who knows? We don't know. But again, worry can worry people. That's profound. I do this every time, don't I? Here's profound's Instagram statement today. Worry worries people. But hey, it's real. If you're in a place where you're worried about something, the only point I think to, to getting through that is to rely on God. For someone to come up and even if maybe, and I've probably done it. Hey, don't worry. It's all going to be okay. But actually, people that are journeying worry and concern, it's real for them. And how we handle that is important. You know, last year, many emotions were, people's emotions were based on an 11am press conference and what sort of jacket a certain person was standing up wearing. Was it a North Face or was it a suit jacket today? Wasn't it? Our emotions were up and down based on a moment in time that we couldn't control anyway. We, we, our emotions were drive, driven by the, the things that we would read, the, the situation that we were in. 
And I want to ask us today, how are we handling the things that we see, the things that we read? How are we handling the content bombardment? And is content king? 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Many of us would have heard this scripture before. God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity. But I don't know about you, but if you're in a place of fear and apprehension, it's very real. And trying to get over that and move to another place is difficult. But speaking these words of revelation and, and these words, God's word into our heart does something. Even as we're in worship and, you know, maybe you're in a place today where you're just like, oh, I just, I'm struggling. Just begin to speak words of, of God's truth over your life. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, of power, and of self-discipline. We have an opportunity to process and to change the things that come in and bombard us. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will, know God's, uh, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So this helps. I think it helps. The first part of it, though, we can often throw that out. Don't worry about anything. Just pray about it. She'll be right, mate. But this scripture actually has a second part to it. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. When we shift our mind off ourselves, the things that are coming in, the bombardment that we're getting, and we actually say, God, here's where I'm at. Here's what I need. Thank you for what you have done. It does something in our spirit. The scripture then says that we'll experience God's peace. So where are you at today? Is there something going on in your world where maybe you say, oh, I know that scripture, don't worry about anything, but actually process it. Say, say to God, hey, this is what I need. This is what I'm going through right now. This is how I'm processing these things. We don't want to worry but we also want God to come and do something in us where we do have that, that struggle. You know, often we continue to feed ourselves with the things that don't do us any good. I don't know, maybe it's easy for you to just switch off your social media or your phone, but it's always there, isn't it? It's always there. There's things that are grabbing your attention and deciding what's good and what's not good for our lives is difficult in this day We've got things just coming at us all the time. We've got to determine the things that we're going to feed ourselves with. Are we feeding ourselves with things that are good and growing us? Or are we in a place where we're just listening to what the world's saying? You know, that whole phrase of, is content king? The companies are building more and more information, more and more things for us to digest. And we've got to filter out and work out what things we're going to actually uh, put into our spirit and into our heart. The other thing I think we need to consider is our interaction with other people. So you might be in a good place today 
but how is your interaction with other people in the things that you believe in and how you're interacting with them? We need to come from a place of care and love and kindness. Over COVID, and I'm sure we've all got someone we know that loves a good conspiracy theory. Um, yes, I'm going to go there. Um, there's so much stuff that we've seen in the last 12 months. You know, we're getting crop dusted with aeroplanes where, you know, there's microchips in vaccines. There's, there's so many different things that get thrown out there. And it's interesting just having conversations with different people and journeying that with them to just try and understand where they're coming from. Now, it's an interesting thought because for all the conspiracy theories and the content they get bombarded with, or maybe we do, you can do a bit of research and there's as much conflicting information to that argument as there is for the argument. The key for us is not to try and determine necessarily uh, what, what is truth, because I think it's really hard. You know, is this happening? Is that happening? No, but actually how we process it. How are we interacting with those people? Uh, if we have a certain view, are we slamming it down someone's throat? Or, or, or are we actually coming with Jesus' love and care and understanding where they're at? On both sides, Maybe you think people with conspiracy theories are crazy. I'm not getting into it. <laughs> but maybe, but for people that believe a whole bunch of stuff, for them it's real and it's important. The key for us isn't to, to get aggressive and to, to bring judgment on people, but for us to love and care and journey that for people. You know, do you realize with our social media that what you like and enjoy on and you know, engage with on social media, it gives you more of it. It puts you in this bubble. Last year, I was getting into, I wanted to fix my lawn up out the back of my house and Sarah thought I was crazy. I went and Sims on my side. I got those spiky shoes from Bunnings, you know, the aerate your lawn. And I was walking out there. Don't laugh. It helped my lawn. It was very green. Sarah just teased me the whole time. I talked to Simon and others, and they're like, yeah, that's the way to go. But I found this, right? I just Googled a couple of things about how to renovate your lawn in springtime. And then amazingly, like my Facebook had things about lawn, and then, you know, I clicked on that, and then I'd go to YouTube, and I'd see more ads about that. And the whole design of social media and online content is that it feeds us more of what we're interested in. I, I like to be on social media with people that totally differ with my views. You know why? Because it actually gives me a real perspective of what's going on in the world. Because if I just go, oh, I'm upset with that person, bang, they're gone, it puts me in this bubble thinking and believing that what I believe is the only thing that's right and true and correct. Whereas we need to have a dialogue and an understanding that people don't necessarily agree with everything that we agree with and not living in this place where we just think we're right all the time. So how are we having an interaction with people? When we have an interaction with them, we've got to come from a place of representing Christ. 
We're, we're representatives of Christ. We're representatives of the kingdom of God. A couple of scriptures here. First Peter 2, 5 says, And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are holy, his holy priests. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. So where if, if we're his holy priests, that refers back to Old Testament scripture where the priest was the representative of God. We're representing Jesus when we go into situations. We're representing Jesus when we walk into a conversation and, and maybe something in the natural wants us to arc up. But let's be representatives of Christ. Let's not bring judgment and um, challenge to those things. Let's love and care for those people. Verse two, uh, chapter 2, verse 9, goes on to say, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. We're chosen people. We're royal priests representing Christ wherever we go. And we need to remember that into every situation that we're in. I think one of the biggest challenges that we face as we, we get bombarded with content, as we see different things, as we read different things, is determining what's right and wrong. Where is truth? Our world now is in a place where truth is really what's right for you. Ultimate truth is really, oh, if, you're, if that's good for you, then that's okay. Your truth is different to my truth. Well, that's not factual. Truth is either right or wrong. And we're in this place where the world is shifting from, um, I guess, a, a Christian foundation primarily and a sense of, well, if that's true for you, then that's good for you. People build content that pushes, that, that grows popularity rather than what's built on truth. And to try and determine that is more and more difficult. Romans 1 verse 25 says this, They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Where, where is truth? The things that we read, the things that we see, where is the truth? Well, we've got to come back to God's Word. Now, a lot of what we are experiencing in life at the moment, hey, is not, there's not necessarily a clear response to this or that. But are we filtering what we see, what we think through God's word? Truth has to be based on something. Otherwise, is it, it's not truth. And our truth as Christians has to be built on what God says, on the word of God, the things that he say. Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 says this, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. 
and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. That scripture just sums up what I want to talk about today. There's a time coming and we're there and it's not complete yet. Where people aren't interested in in wholesome teaching, but actually just things that tickle ears and, oh yeah, I, I connect to that, I like that, that's popular, we'll do that. They'll reject truth and chase after myths. The content that we consume, we've got to determine whether it's truth or not. Now, I'm not saying that we, you know, everyone has to go out today and quit social media, quit the internet, let's turn the internet off. I'm not saying that. But that's a tool. The the internet, the content that we have is a tool, but we've got a choice. We've got to filter it. You know, what's starting to happen is that for our world, the content that we consume is king. All the different stuff. Well, this, this is king. This is the most important thing. No, this is the most important thing. But who really is the king? Who's our king? Jesus is our king. Jesus is our king. And we could say, oh, this thing's important. That thing's important. I read this and this is truth. It may be, it may not be. But ultimately, we've got to come back to a place where we say what he said about us is is king. What he wrote about us is king. What we see and read about him is king. We can see some of that other stuff, but let's filter it through what he said. Let's remember that he is the king. Our content filter has to be the word of God. Many of you would have content filters on your internet. But we want to filter the things that we have. Are we filtering what we see here and have conversations about through what the Word of God says? Let's ask the Holy Spirit what what is happening in this moment and in this time. Somehow, someway, despite the internet, despite the content um, that we have now, The gospel made it 2,000 years with the ultimate piece of content and it got passed along and it was consistent and God did something powerful. We're here today because the ultimate piece of content that we could consume was passed on and, and God did something in each and every one of us. People used to have to stand up on boxes in the street or in town halls or in meetings like this for the gospel to be transferred and and passed on. Now we have a tool and we have media and online and all these things. It's a tool in the right hand. We can actually see great content, the King's content in Jesus preached and transferred throughout the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ must be King. That's the thing that has to be king. We can have other things on the sideline. But today I want us to ask, not is content king, but what content is king? What content is king in your life? Are we spending more and more time in a, in a situation where we're just trolling different things because it's there? Or are we putting content into us that, that's helping us and growing us? Would you stand with me? At home, just wherever you are, I want to pray. You know, I want that to be a challenge for us today.
Are we bombarded with things in our world and it feels like it's an overwhelming sense of, of anxiety and worry? The things that we read actually go to our heart or are we observing those and remembering Jesus is King? Remembering the things that we read about Him are King. So I want to pray today. Maybe you're here this morning in the room. Maybe you're online and you're experiencing anxiety, worry, and the content that is pushed into your life is upsetting you. I want to pray not just that somehow that will happen, but God's going to come and reshape your heart, reshape your mind, and do something powerful. Hey, what today. a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resilient so let's Church. Pray. We pray that God, you've been encouraged through this the morning that you will come and, and, just and work in every person that's uh, struggling online, in the whole area of anxiety like and Facebook worry. Or Instagram, Lord, I or pray that you will lift that off them. As your scripture says, you do not worry about anything, but pray about everything. God, we're asking this morning for people that are in a place of worry and anxiety that you will come and help them. Next week, there'll be another amazing podcast come and just lift that weight off Church. them. We hope you join us. God, then. we thank you that you've, you've, you have the ability to come and change people's lives. God, we thank you for the incredible things that you do in our lives. We thank you that you went to the cross, that you were able to, to do a powerful, powerful thing that would see our lives transformed and changed. So God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you'll come and, and just start to work on people's hearts and minds. And secondly, God, I just pray and declare today that as we are bombarded in this world, that we will not forget the number one thing, that you are king, that you are the one thing that matters. Where the world says this is king or that's important or this is the most important thing that we can can put into our lives, that we will not forget for a moment that Jesus, you are king. So Lord, we thank you today and we just pray that as we go from this place that you will do something in our lives. Let our lives be a representation of you. Let our hearts, our conversations, our thoughts be a representation of you. And I just pray, God, that you will just do something powerful in each and every one of us. Help us, Holy Spirit, every day I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.